Peace and blessings. Welcome to the Send In Thou Shalt Not Pray. I am your hostess with the mostest, the real first lady. On this show, we will have discussions on sensitive topics relating to spirituality, relationships, and connecting one-on-one with our creator. In this episode, Open Carry, I will be using Romans 13, 1 through 3, to help you understand the true governing authority that we need to submit to during these troubled times, and the secret weapon the government uses for victories, and how you too can gain access and feel more confident in your relationship with God. All this plus more coming up next. For more information about me, visit my website, goingpublic.live. For questions or comments, send me an email, therealfirstlady at gmail.com. Leave a voice message, one 832 lady Don't forget, leave a review, good or bad. Like, follow, and share. Let's get in this. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and for those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. Romans 13, 1 through 3. Welcome back, and if this is your first time, I welcome you too, and I want to thank you for supporting my podcast. This thing that we have going on called life is no joke. It is serious business, really. My little cousin from Virginia, but was living in New York, was in the subway just recently and was killed by someone who had a handgun. Lack of communication, not knowing how to resolve a problem. That's the problem right there. My mother, Jacqueline, she just had a birthday, June 2nd. Jacqueline, happy birthday, mommy. Belated, I did call her. But she has a non-profit organization that she started called RCD Center. And under that, she has Every Move Matters. And 
with her nonprofit organization, she teaches inner city children how, and not just children, but anyone who wants to learn how to play chess. Think, calculate your moves, things of that nature, the concept of it. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to support. But the unfortunate trending news right now is the massive amount of shootings and the absurd amount of gun violence. It's like a domino effect of evil, a total mental disruption, a universal disturbance. It's not just here in the United States. It just it just gets too hard to keep up with. It's overwhelming for me. So sometimes I just stop and drop. <laughs> like I just shut down everything and just go to bed and pray until I fall asleep. Really, I do. Because it becomes too much. And it makes me really sad the state of the world that we're living in right now where there's no love. And it seems sometimes like the government is playing squid games with people's lives. All governments. In this episode, Open Carry, I just want to point out something positive about the government that you may or may not know where it pertains to gun laws. My ex-husband is retired U.S. Army chaplain over 20 years. I was present for about 16, 17 of those years. Our United States government recognizes the importance of faith. Congress gave chaplains an official recognition in 1775, and we have now the United States Army Chaplains Corps. Now, in 2019, a little fun fact, I was honored by the Chief of Chaplain, Chaplain Major General of the United States Army, Paul K. Hurley, for my dedicated, caring, and faithful leadership, faithful, devoted support of the United States Chaplaincy. And they tell me that I have assisted with a lasting contribution to the United States Chaplains Corps and our nation. The gift that keeps on giving. But chaplains have a non-combative status. They do not carry a weapon. They are not allowed to engage in combat. And it's under the separation of church 
and state specified in Title X under the U.S. Geneva Convention Code. Now, you can't be no everyday Joe Smo and fall up in there and qualify yourself under the guise of anointing. It doesn't work like that. The government chaplains must have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree of divinity, accredited, accredited, <laughs> and they also have to have an, um, an ecclesiastical endorsement, something like the National Baptist Association, um, the American Baptist Association, Church of God in Christ, like that. People who can spiritually vouch for the soldier, the chaplain. And, of course, a person would have to obviously have some proclivity for religion or at least spirituality to be a chaplain. The United States Army serves over 200 different denominations. So, to kill people in the name of protecting white Protestant American don't make no sense. It doesn't make no sense. In fact, I was privy to be present and witness the ceremony of the first Muslim chaplain, Chaplain Mohammed. We used to attend chaplain ministry team retreats and wellness trainings together with his wife. And he was about his business. And sometimes in the morning we used to have our, you know, they had the free breakfast and lunch and dinner and stuff like that on those retreats. And that stuff was good food too. It wasn't no joke. And we had breakfast in the morning before the training. They went to the training. I felt totally comfortable eating my bacon. No judgments there. Really a true asset to this nation. I'm a witness to that. So chaplains, ministers, priests, imams, and rabbis that are in the armed forces, they are considered the conscience of the military. The conscience of the military. So there has been, and I, and I say this respectfully, only 419 American chaplains that have been killed in the line of duty to include Confederate chaplains. In 2010, the first chaplain to die in Afghanistan since the Civil War was the first time in all those years. It's a low number when you consider no weapons. 
So the government observes the distinctive doctrines. Chaplains are only allowed to carry a holy Bible, Torah, Quran. That's it. That's all. You have to be fortified yourself enough to care for people spiritually and to try to keep up their morale and their emotional well-being. So to me, chaplains are the bravest soldiers on the battlefield. Make no mistake about it. You volunteer to go into battle with no weapon except your Bible or your scriptures from the Torah, the Quran, etc. So the secret weapon that the government uses is that they are ready for battle inside as well as outside in order to make them stronger. That's a fact. Now that's not top secret. I'm a witness to the toll that it takes on them mentally. I have experienced much death. My ex, he eulogized soldiers, family members grieving, AM calls from the emergency rooms, um, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And I was there when he had to bury premature newborn twin. They were baby boys. They never made it out the hospital. And I remember I held the baby. He was in a little shoebox. He looked like a baby doll. It was sad. And the parents were young, in their 20s. So that has to mess with your psyche. That's rough. So anyone's mind can take a turn if it's left unattended. For real. You have to get help have to get help. Even our chaplain needs a chaplain. The point here today is we can take a page from the U.S. military code ourselves because as Christians we are civilian soldiers, God warriors, and we depend on our weapon the Holy Bible, that's what we lean on for our instructions. Some Christians, they will hide that they are a Christian for fear of repercussions of some sort. A lot are unidentifiable by choice, but 
the time has come where we can't conceal any longer. We have to open carry. The time is now for the new world order. And we have to let people know who we are and who we represent and who we submit to. I put the Lord on them in a real way. That's more powerful than you can even imagine. I guarantee you that. Watch what I tell you. In war, the rules of the Geneva Convention, those who participate, those who participate, you can't take a chaplain as a prisoner of war. You can't kill the chosen or anointed one, the man or woman of faith. It's not about rank, although chaplains hold rank. It's not about rank on the battlefield. It's respect for the cross that saves a man's life. And that's serious. Even the government knows that. So while we continue to persist in tougher gun laws, no, we don't need Uzis, sawed-off shotguns. We don't need armor-piercing bullets. That's totally unnecessary. We don't need that. But, of course, we know because of our Second Amendment right to bear arms, it does make it difficult to change the laws. Now, the original Founding Fathers' intentions were good, for citizens to be able to protect themselves from the government tyranny and to protect our persons, our property, all that, but they failed where it pertains to a clear definition of the vocabulary. That's the problem. The definition is foggy and needs to be amended. Now, although we can't control what's going on in the world, we have access to the spiritual code of conduct. Honestly, the true governing authority, our creator, it is says it in the scripture that I, that I read earlier. And I'll say it again, just to brief it. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And it also reads, Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So we have to remember right now is the time. 
for self-preservation, spending time searching for spiritual answers. Now, I don't want to sound hypocritical, so I'm going to go ahead and put this on out there. I live in Texas, which is a castle doctrine state, the stand your ground state, which is part of the Second Amendment, which is also another reason that makes it really hard to regulate. So to be clear on my position, I have a license to carry a handgun. I can carry a handgun in 37 states. I'm trained in federal gun laws. I have a background check. I know the restrictions of open carry and concealed carry, where I can and where I cannot have a weapon. I've passed a proficiency exam. I'm who you want with a gun. I'm the good guy. As a Christian, I don't live by the sword. The sword lives by me or lives by me. My Bible is for the believers and my nine millimeter is for the non-believers, a vessel that can be chosen as regulator just in case of imminent danger. That's right. God don't want us to be no fool. I can guarantee you that. So in the same regard that the military has and the same high esteem that the government has, the Geneva Convention has for soldiers who represent faith. We must recognize each other as people of faith and give God some respect. We have to give each other some respect. We have to submit. And most importantly, I want you to remember your life has value. Your life is important. Do what's right. Stay prayed up. And stay strapped with the book. Stay encouraged. Protect your peace at all costs. Never give up on God. Don't forget we're covered by the blood. Christians succumb to the new world order. Open carry. It will save your life. For more information about me, if you like this episode or you have a comment, visit me, goingpublic.live. Email me at therealfirstlady 
at gmail.com. If you have something on your mind, let it off. Voice message me 247-1866-832-LADY. Please show a simple demonstration of love. Subscribe, like, follow, and share. You can trust me to be honest with you. And I promise if you listen to only half of what I tell you, I guarantee you'll be in first place. If you feel inclined to support this podcast, please see the link provided in the show's notes. Thank you for listening. Blessings.